song meant a lot to me. I'm tired. I'm weak. Come unto me, the Lord says, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Uh, my wife often sings, uh, or used to sing softly and tenderly as a solo. Oh, thank you for the ministry there in, in, in music. I thought, how am I going to open my message? I got five minutes. Well, if my introduction goes the full length, that's the message. <laughs> Give me a few minutes, please, and bear with me. Thank you so much. Thank you for your prayers. It's wonderful when somebody comes right in the front of the church, grabs my hand, and says, we've been praying for you. What a blessing. What a blessing. And that wasn't just one or two or three people. There were several of you, and I know many of you do pray for us. If you don't know us, Mark and Rachel Barilla, and uh, nice to see those young men up. Now you got the old guy up here. Give me, give me a little youthful feeling, though, having those young guys, the interns up here. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. And my plans are to die in Cameroon until the Lord comes. And uh, one of the pastors, a uh, student from 20 years ago, 22 years ago, said to me, don't worry, we got your retirement program set up here. And so we're keeping you. We're not letting you go back. You get right back here. And I said, uh, if the Lord wills and the Lord tarries, I'm going to be working uh, as long as the Lord gives us strength. Um, in that verse, uh, boy, Pastor Andrew, I called him two weeks ago. And we were just discussing some of the things happening in Cameroon. And uh, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. And one of our pastors, is he's in prison. You say, how is that possible? Well, there's so many weird things happening in Cameroon. And I told Pastor Andrew, I said, he might be there because he did something wrong. You say, how can a pastor do something wrong? It's really sticky. It really is in the country. And it's difficult to deal with some things. I told our church we would never emphasize politics. And I lost two families just like that. I couldn't believe it. They, they came for a little bit, and they were grumbling underneath because they mentioned a prayer request, pray for our corrupt country. And I said, no, 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 yes, yes, we got many problems. Militaries, you know, created problems too, and, and yet the citizens aren't perfect either. Let's pray that God would establish true peace by the Prince of Peace. And they're like, that's not enough, that's not enough. These other churches are doing Liberation Sunday, and they're hooting and hollering to be liberated from the country, not to be liberated by the Lord. And it's been hard. Uh, the man in prison, Camps Abroad, mentioned as a prayer request. And uh, good ministry. And Ernest is a personal friend of mine. Fee Ernest shared a, a conference, a marriage conference with me. We spent 10 days in the bush preaching to people. One man came with his four wives, of all things, for the marriage conference. <laughs> We're just blessed to be there. But this is a man who loves the Lord. Ernest does. But he's been witnessing to these terrorists, and we call them terrorists, because they're killing military, and uh, they're getting courage by smoking marijuana, of all things. I know that's a debate in this country now. Not in the church, I understand. But they're smoking marijuana, and witch doctors, which we call Ngambe man, marabou in French, uh, they're giving them permission to kill military. And we're just like, you can't help them. So Ernest goes and evangelizes them, but at the same time, I keep calling Ernest and his 
church family, I said, you're not housing these people, are you? You're not hiding these people from the government. And it's a really difficult thing. Uh, so pray for us. We need wisdom in all those things. Uh, we need the work of God, and we re- really need a control of Christ being our master. And if I may just share Ephesians 3 with you, verses uh, 16, 17, if you have your Bibles, I'll read it aloud. If you just look at Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. It's great to be with faithful people. And in the confusion, Christ is the master. And look at these verses here. Verse 16, Ephesians 3, 16, verse 16 and 17. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. And I know I'm not completing the whole thought, but the chapter there gives us this wonderful depth that we have in Christ Jesus and walking with the Lord. When I think of Ephesians, I think of the wonder of God. It's all about God and his glory in his work for today. And that's the local church. That hasn't changed for 2,000 years. And so we are training national pastors, and these men are leading the churches. I I am not at a discomfort to get back right away because of our national leaders. I'm in a discomfort because of our country and and, and because of the turmoil and and because of having good relations with the authorities. And uh, many of you prayed, uh, Brother Randy had mentioned earlier, uh, prayed for you through that accident. Well, there's another opportunity for me to be with that family There's a brother who's already professed the Lord uh, as Savior, and and we're praying for the one I had an accident with, Matthias, Matthias, we would call him, uh, is a beautiful man, but he needs the Lord still. As far as I know, he doesn't have the Lord, and uh, he's doing quite well physically, but we need his soul too. And so I'm anxious for my children, excited for them. And yet when I think of all this, where, where is the strength going to come for tomorrow? Well, obviously it's God's spirit. Obviously, if you look at verse 16, let me just mention some key words in Ephesians there. Riches, Weirs, Warren Wearsby passed away last uh, month, uh, wrote a, a commentary. It's just his B-series, and Ephesians was be rich. That's a major theme. And it's not the riches of heaven. It's not the pearly gates. It's not the streets of gold. It's right now your position in Jesus Christ. You are rich if you're in him. And uh, you're blessed and privileged. And the strength that you draw is from God's spirit. Another theme, a great theme in there is his glory. If you read chapter 1, you see the glory of his calling and his election. You read chapter 2, and we know Ephesians 2.8. You see the riches and the glory of, of salvation and how his glory is manifested in, in uh, saving us from our sins. And for by grace are you saved through faith. And verse 10 says, we are his workmanship. Then if you look at chapter 3, the mystery is there. You say, mystery, mystery, what's mystery? I think many of us know that word mystery in the New Testament is sometimes mysterious, for sure. But a mystery is something that's been revealed. It's like the curtains have been wide, uh, have been opened. 
to such a point that we can see the will of God and the mystery of Christ in chapter 3 is his bride, is his church, and how these pagans and Jews come together in one body called the local church. And so this is all promoting God's glory. Now in verse 17, and I'll be brief, Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. My illustration is the rooted and grounded. You know, rooted has to do with agriculture. Grounded has to do with architecture. And when you think of roots, I think of my little boy here. He's passed me up by four inches. That's not saying much, okay? But when he was here the last time, he was shorter than me. He was a little chunky guy. And uh, he's always been my son. He's always been my firstborn. But now he's grown, and he's going off on me to college, and he's abandoning me. No, pray for him. We're praying he comes right back to me after four or five, whatever years he's in school and uh, works with me there in Cameroon. But God's will be done in those things. But in 2016, when we bought the land, Joshua was there. How can I help, Dad? I said, well, you can be an African, stick those banana trees and, and, and plants on your head, bring them down to the river, and get all muddy, and we'll, we'll have a great time putting up a church building. And Rachel is correct. We leave those professional things to the professionals, but we did a lot of work. And Joshua grew up right there. And he saw how tough a banana tree with its little rhizoids, not even a true tree, was hard to uproot. And he saw how heavy they were. In French, we call it marécage. We were, we were right on the riverbank. And uh, the, the banana trees just saturated all the water that was in the ground. And Joshua would stick that thing on his head, and he'd say, no way, Dad. Let me carry it on its side. I said, just get it down there, Josh. And the guys would teach him how to do that and bring all those things down. But we saw guava trees and mango trees dead for years, and yet we had to take out the roots and fight for them. Uh, for days. We did have some caterpillars, but the people wanted to yank them out themselves. Well, that was our exercise. But the problem that we had there was nothing that we couldn't solve. Why? Because God gave the strength. In your faith, you need to be rooted and grounded. You need to be strong. In chapter 4, Paul deals with one of those problems. Don't be carried around with every wind and doctrine, he says. And you see that theme over and over again. He's saying, be rooted. And Joshua saw what it means to be rooted just by seeing those plants and trees. But how do you be rooted? Well, verse 16 is saying to us here, be strong in the Lord. Find his glory. Understand your position. Let the Spirit strengthen you, give you might. And in verse 17, it's a little tricky because it's this word dwell. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. You say, why is that tricky? Christ dwells in all of our hearts. That's the trick. Okay? Jesus already gave us the promise in John 14, 15, and 16, right? When he promises that Holy Spirit, he, he says to them that I will never leave you. I will abide in you. And that's dwelling in us. And that's the promise of his presence forever with the saints, and it's manifested through the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. How? In that he comes and dwells in us, and he becomes our comforter. 
So what's the problem here? The problem is that this is a wish that Paul has for the believers. Christ dwelling in us is Christ taking himself and sitting himself in our tabernacle, in our bodies. In our, it, he dwells in us at, to the point where he's not just somebody who's an invited guest, but he's the complete master of our lives. He's always there. We'll never refuse that. Christ has promised his presence always. And we know that doesn't change. But what Paul is expressing here is that he would be inside of you. He would have that much control over you that you would manifest by faith this strong Christian life. So he's addressing believers. He's saying be strengthened and be controlled. And how do you be controlled? By faith. The faith that saves us is the faith that builds us. The faith that builds us is the faith that grounds us in love. When we think of this rooted and grounded, think of Christ dwelling in us. At Bob Jones, I learned this from counseling class, actually. When the Lord dwells in us, Dr. Berg explained it like this. He said, he's there. He's in the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's inside of us. But you know, sometimes he's wanted, but we don't want him to have too much control. And sometimes he's like a guest. You know, let's sit down with the Lord and dine together. Yes, I'm serving you this, Lord, and here's from my table. Look at my kitchen. It's nice. But we get a little uncomfortable when Christ gets up and goes to the living room. And he says, let me rearrange this furniture a little bit on you. Let me change the house, your home, a little bit in this kind of order. When you come to the point and you say to your, to your Savior, yes, do whatever you want with my home. Take my furniture. Take my dishes. Throw what you want away. Rearrange the house as you wish and have total control. That's when he's the master. And I said to the teacher, I said, oh, okay, that's what it means for Christ to dwell. He's there, but he's now the master. Pray for us. I'm going to mention just a few prayer requests as we think of Cameroon. Uh, pray for us. 2016 was a change in our ministry. We lost our teammates uh, actually, Ellen Doyle is still our teammate, and Ellen Doyle uh, has liver cancer, so we don't see her too often. We'll see her actually this, this week, uh, tomorrow. We'll see her tomorrow in the States. But uh, she's uh, with us in Cameroon uh, on an irregular basis. But in 2016, our families had gone off to other ministries, praising God for that, and we were left with the ministry. And I asked our leader at the time, I said, you're leaving. Can I change things around, shuffle things around? He says, what do you mean? I said, the police want me to have authorization. And I keep telling them that we've been trying to get authorization for years, but I'm going to go back to the old established authorization. Would you mind? He said, no, if that would help your family out. I said, it definitely would. 
just a month ago, before, excuse me, three months ago, a few weeks before we left the country to come back, the, the government granted us 10-year cards. We've never had that before. And then also, in addition to that, we were able to buy land, which we'd never did before. And God has opened that doors. And you say, well, are you getting visitors? And, well, our church people are working hard. Let's just put it that way. It's, it's a discipleship tool. But God has been good. And God's people are really excited to what's going on. And the other two churches want to jump on and get to work, too, as far as that goes. So keep us in prayer for that. We're not at a lack for believers. We want to see a multitude come into Christ. We, we, we have churches, our, our biggest church is only 25 people, 25 members. And our church right now is uh, just 10 members. And, uh, you know, with 10 visitors on a Sunday morning. Our second church is really struggling because of doctrinal problems. But God is good, and we still have a, a, a small core group there, too. But we want to see this grow. But pray that the Lord would have all the glory in it. And pray that we would see the seed going out. Pray that we get these English people back in the church. We want them back. We want them back. We don't want them to leave the country either and form their own country. But, you know, as the Lord directs them. Um, but pray that we'd see some security for the people. One of our deacons, not our pastors, we, we have three pastors, but we only have one deacon in the three churches, actually. And our deacon is actually an English speaker. And his dad spent a week outside of his home while the military was trying to clear out uh, some of the terrorist activity. So it's not that his dad was guilty of anything. His dad is probably over 75 years old. And yet, living in a forest, waiting so it's safe to get back into your home, it's a difficult thing. Uh, So do pray for our people. Uh, And uh, the English people are suffering, but there's a lot of of, uh, rumors out there. Charles Wesco was the biggest rumor. I just mentioned the pastor before the service. We could not believe what was on Facebook and on the Internet And uh, just uh, 30 days after he was brought back and the the eight children and Stephanie, his wife, came back and and had the funeral here in uh, South Bend, (laughs) the journalists were reporting on the TV that the body of Charles Wesco was still in Cameroon. And they were blaming the government and blaming the American government for this mess with the missionary, but... Just to be honest with you, Vice President Mike Pence, the day of the the murder, had called Stephanie, and the day of the murder had called the president of Cameroon. And everything worked out to the point of, on October 30th, when they descended down to our house after being stuck in their town for one day, coming to our house there, they were escorted by two truckloads of men that are equivalent to our Navy SEALs. The, the B uh, uh, forces, our special forces. So everything worked out well. The United States ambassador the next morning was the first person to meet uh, Stephanie at the capital uh, city before she went back on, on the plane. So it was rough times for everybody, but, but God was good. And everything that was on the media, we just couldn't believe what was happening uh, there. The, the military had killed Americans and were chasing all Americans. None of it was true. 
None of it was true. The only evidence we have is a terrorist gun had put poles through one side of the car in the front and one side in the back. And the miracle about it is Charles, when he was, when he was killed, he, he died at the hospital. There loss of blood, but his wife was holding him on the side. She was right behind him. The second shot went through the back window and uh, Ben Sinclair, the, the veteran missionary there who was driving, told everybody after the first shot to duck. Charles Jr., his second born, had ducked. And in the headrest was a bunch of uh, the, the balls there. The, 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 it's like a 20-gauge shotgun. Uh, and uh, how it didn't hit Charles Jr., we know it was of the Lord. And, and so uh, what people report is a lot different than what's happening there. So pray for us uh, and, and consider this. God is glorified through his church. And he's glorified through his church because God's people are strengthened. And he's glorified through his church because God's people are controlled. Jesus is the master. We won't change that. But when he becomes our personal Lord, you say, well, I accepted him as my Lord. Of course you did if you're in Christ. But when he has full reign... That's when God is glorified and he manifests that glory through his people. And that is seen through the local church. Pray for us. We think of you often. Thank you so much for blessing us and giving us a short time, but a a beautiful time uh, with God's people. If you're apart from the grace of God, let me just mention this. It's the richest thing in the world. The riches of Christ is the best And the glory of God is manifested through his people. Ask somebody. They'll tell you what it means to be regenerated by God's spirit, to be born again, born from above, and understand that this is God's will. Not that men should perish, but they come in faith, believing that Christ is Lord. Let's pray.